play a good game of defense too, which means make sure you know what's going on around you. High achievers are addicted to external validation. Don't tell me that you have no choice. You always have choice. Courage is not about being fearless. Courage is about taking action in the face of fear. Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode, I don't even know what number this is anymore, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Is That So Show. I am your host, the nocturnal therapist, Harry Turner. It's a pleasure to be here today. and It's a pleasure to bring on this amazing guest. And she's going to talk to us about, you know, basically why people are so miserable in their career. You know, how to be, how to experience success in one's career journey. And so this is going to be a very beneficial and also a very, I think, intriguing guest to have on the show, a beneficial topic and intriguing guest to have on the show. And so y'all know how I get down. Y'all know, y'all, y'all know my mission statement is to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. You know that my mission, my motto, my mode is to stay lit at all times. And lit is L-I-T, living in truth or living in your truth. Because when you live in your truth, now you're operating in the space of authenticity. And authenticity is the only way to true happiness and freedom and liberation. Liberation of what? Liberation of who you truly are. You know, you we, we grow up in a world, we are reared in a world that tells you to be everything else but who you truly are. And so for me, the the biggest hurdle to 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 jump over is the hurdle of your fears of being yourself. Because you feel caged. You feel you feel you feel like you're in this box until that moment happens, you know, and that definitely requires courage. And so I know that it took a lot of courage for my guests, not only to come on the show, but also to do some of the endeavors that she has done, such as writing the book, winning the game of work. So I'm definitely going to ask her about that, you know, so some of y'all can figure out how to win at the game of work. Cause some of y'all know that y'all losing out here. Come on now. Y'all know y'all feeling them L's at, at, at the job place. So y'all, you want to tune in. You want to stay tuned in. If you're tired of taking them L's at the workplace, you want to stay tuned in for my guest. All right. So uh, y'all know that uh, typically I give a small talk in the beginning. And the only thing I want to hone on is, is the concept of radical acceptance. And just put this nugget in your ear real quick. Understand that radical acceptance is absolutely necessary on your, on your spiritual journey. It's necessary because it wakes us up from what has been uh, coined the trance of unworthiness, where we basically that's the mode or the assumption that something is inherently wrong with us. We say to ourselves, something is wrong with me. This is why all these bad things keep happening to me. This is why life is so hard for me because something must be wrong for me. I mean, it's working out for them over there. The grass is greener on that side over there, but for some reason it just doesn't click for me. And so when we don't understand why things aren't clicking, the mind has a tendency or the inner critic has a tendency to take that and use that as evidence of our own inferiority, sending us spiraling back down into the trance of unworthiness. And so radical acceptance, what it does is wake you to hell up and help you to understand that you are not what's happening around you. 
You're not what has or hasn't happened. Your value is not defined on what does or does not occur. Radical acceptance is understanding that you are perfectly human. And radical acceptance encourages us to accept the present moment, understand where we are, because wherever we are, we made an appointment to be there. So understand where we are and then make an intentional, deliberate decision on where we would like to be. That requires courage and that requires faith in oneself. But understand that no human is lower or higher than the next. So anything you've seen anybody else do, you better damn well believe you can do it as well. And you may be, may be able to do it a lot better. Maybe that's why you have that idea. So that you can take this brilliant idea and then enhance it. Let me tell you, any idea that that someone gains from me, any program, any mode that can help people liberate, get get liberated, get free, because I know that as we are liberated from our fears, our very presence automatically liberates others. Anything people gather from me, and as long as they use it for a tool of liberation of others, I am ecstatic to see something that I've given somebody else not only be used because uh, mimicry is the greatest form or one of the greatest forms of flattery, right? You know, you got to have something great if somebody want to mimic it. But I don't care if anybody mimics anything I do, as long as they're liberating others. And then if they make it grow even and even more, if they enhance what I did before, look, time moves forward, not backwards. It's supposed to do that. And so I tip my hat off to the person coming behind me and I tip my hat uh, off to the to, to the person standing before me because we stand on the shoulders of giants. So look, I'm done. I'm done talking. I just had to give my little spill, let y'all know where I was at. I'm about to get my guest in here. All right. So welcome to the stage, y'all. Without further ado, I would like to welcome Miss Terry McDougal. Welcome to the stage, Miss Terry. Harry, thank you for having me. My gosh, between your intro and then your talk there, I feel like we should just do a mic drop right now. Um, but boy, like I am so, I like I resonate so much with everything that you said, I think that we're going to have a really great conversation because there's yeah. a lot of truths that you spoke that honestly, it took me a really long time to, to come to grips with. I'm still struggling with them. You know, I'm uh -huh. still wrestling with them, but you know, once your eyes get open to the truth of your own worthiness, it's such a wonderful, it's a, such a wonderful feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, much like you, I, I want to help other people understand that they all have unique gifts to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of unnecessary pain that many people feel because they do believe that, you know, if they're not achieving the things that they think that they should, that there's something wrong with them. And mm -hmm. quite often it's just because they haven't stepped into who they actually are. Mm -hmm. Mm, come on, talk to me. Talk to us a little bit about that. Oh my goodness, that square's got so much smaller, it seems like. I'm going to work with it. I'm going to work with it. I'm going to go back and forth. You know, I'm trying to do some 3D effects. You know, I'm going to bring it in close okay. like this, and then I'm going to bring it back out like that. Okay, where's our 3D glasses? Exactly, exactly. Um, so, But you know what? Let me ask you this, though. Before you, we go into that, I want to do just a single real quick. Of, I'm just going to have you on the screen. And if you don't mind, just introduce to the people and just let them know, you know, your journey real quick, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. Yeah, All right. I'm out of here. Happy to. Hi, everybody. I'm Terry McDougal. I'm an executive and career coach. And I'm also the author of a book called Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. I work with 
business owners and professionals who are successful but not satisfied. And what I mean by that is that if you looked at them from the outside, you'd be like, hey, they got they got it going on, right? They've got a good job, making some money, you know, seem to have all the external trappings of success. But very often when they come to me, what I discover is that they thought that having those external trappings of success would bring them happiness. And they're not feeling happy. They're not feeling fulfilled and they want to figure out how that can happen. Now, a lot of times they think that, oh, if I get to the next level, that's when I'll be happy. But I am all about helping people be successful, but also expand that overlap between their professional success and their personal happiness. And there are a number of ways that that can be done. It's uh, learning to shift that mindset so that you believe that it's possible, but also learning some skills along the way. And Harry, I don't, I don't want to like take up too much time, but I've been doing this for about four and a half years full time. And before that, I worked for, I worked in the corporate world for 30 years as a marketer. The last 12 years, I, I led marketing for several businesses at a national bank. You know, I, I actually had kind of an interesting, maybe a little bit different upbringing than a lot of people that I meet where I am today, and that my mom was 16 when she had me, my dad was 21. My dad took a job that moved us around more than 40 times between when I was born and I turned 11 years old. So I learned a lot of adaptability and resilience in my my young life. I also was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So when I got out here, I was figuring out a lot of stuff for myself because I didn't, you know, my parents, you know, couldn't guide me on the path that I was on. But a lot of the things that I've learned, I feel very called to share with other people. And that's part of why I'm doing what I do now and why I wrote the book, because I want to help other people have a little easier journey than what I had. I want to, you know, use those hard won lessons and, and share them with other people so they have it a little easier. So it sounds like what you're going to do is take your knowledge and help other people and, and share that knowledge so that other people can take that knowledge and then do something deliberate with yeah. it, which is knowledge, yeah. emotions, wisdom. So you're trying to spread some wisdom out here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that when people step into their potential, when they they feel good about themselves, that it makes the world a better place, you know, because oh, okay. they, then they're, they're led to help others. They, you know, they're following what their mission here is on earth. They're not feeling unworthy. They're not comparing themselves to other people because they recognize that, you know, they're unique. I mean, comparison, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not anything any of us should do because each of us has our own mission here. And, you know, we don't know what somebody else's mission is, but we have right. a unique one for ourselves. And, mm. you know, to me, success is finding that path you know, to use your own gifts and on your own mission. And when you're able to do that for yourself, it encourages, <laughs> it encourages other people to do the same thing in their own lives. You know, mm-hmm, we don't need mm-hmm. to compare ourselves to other people. Come on. How can we compare ourselves to others whenever even a set, uh, even twins have uh, different fingerprints, right? You know, not even yeah. identical twins were born identical, right. you know, it's just right. on the surface. And so understand, since you were made uniquely, anything for me, the physical is a manifestation of spiritual law. So if in the physical, no two people are exactly the same, right. that means that you are one of a kind. Why would you Absolutely. spend your life? 
being a carbon copy of what the world wants you to be when you can be the original right. McCoy, when you were born to be an originator. It, it's impossible. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and look, you and I, you know, we can spin back and forth on this, not, not spin back and forth, but, but toss the ball back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. But I want to get to some of these hardcore questions that I know the people out there yeah. have specifically for us. But I'm glad that you're in the seat because I'm going to ask you the questions, you know, I'm, <laughs> okay. put you in the hot seat for a second. So question number one is, why are people so miserable at work? Oh, and, am I miserable? and by miserable. Because, you know, we could be saying the same words, but we're reading from different dictionaries. Mm-hmm. Why do people loathe going to work? Why do the moment they think about mm-hmm. getting up to go to work, they immediately feel drained? Why don't yeah. people wake up and feel this zest, this zeal for life where they just bounce out and yeah. it's like, yay, I get to go to this this location where I get to do the work that I love doing. Why sure. are people miserable? Why are so many people miserable? Well, I mean, I think for one thing, I think it's that I I truly believe that when we're looking for something to do in our lives, that we should start with ourselves. So we should look at ourselves and say, what do I like to do and what am I good at? Start with yourself and then look out into the marketplace and say, where is some place that might be a pretty good fit for what I enjoy doing and what I'm good at? Where can I get paid to do this? Because that immediately is going to take away some of the friction that we feel because there's a lot of things that you know I could be good at, but I don't mm. like to do. Right, or maybe right. there's something I like to do that I'm not good at. But the the more closely aligned what's required in the job is with what I just would naturally do anyway, the more likely it is I'm gonna enjoy it, the more likely it is that I'm gonna be inspired to do it. And I, I'll tell you that when I first got out of college. I was just raring to go. I was like, I want to get a job. I want to make more than the five bucks an hour I made in the library when I was for my part-time job in college. And I got some of the best advice I ever had in my career from my then boyfriend's mother. She had done some career counseling and she gave me this book called What Color Is Your Parachute? And she said, do not apply for any jobs. Don't go on any interviews until you read this book and you do all the exercises in it. And that book changed the way I look at work because it really did start with everything I was just saying. It it started with me like really looking at myself and saying, what am I good at? What do I like to do? What would I do for free? You know, what matters to me? Once I figured that out and then I narrowed down the potential directions that I could go in, I'm a very creative person. And so I was you know, looking for marketing or advertising. My first job was actually in publishing, working in the ad sales department. And that just helped me understand advertising and marketing. And that was the path that I got on from the beginning. But honestly, had she not intervened at that time, I would have just got gone out and the first job that anybody offered me, I probably would have taken it. And I might have been, you know, headed in a direction that was really not good for me, not aligned with who I am as a human being. So I think that that's, that's one thing. But I also think that there's a lot of other you know, mindset issues that are at play that, you know, I so, so, wait, 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 let yeah, me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> so, yeah, because I, I have a lot of questions here. How, so you say if, if a person finds that thing, so that you, you do the thing that you like, how do you find the thing that you like if you don't know what you like? Well, I mean, I, I think that it requires you to do a little inner work, right? To say, what do I like to do in my free time? You know, a lot of times when I'm working with people and maybe they're in a job that they don't like and they're like, oh, I can't do this anymore, but I don't know what I want to do next. You know, I'll challenge them a little bit. 
to say, you know, come on, let's go, let's go a little deeper. You know, what do you enjoy doing in your free time? What did you want to be when you were a child? Honestly, I think that I actually think that that's a great question. Mm. I mean, and I'm not saying like, okay, you want to be a fireman when you were a kid. There's a reason why you wanted to be a fireman. Like maybe you like helping people. Maybe you like the excitement of dealing with a crisis, right? So if we can dig into like, I wanted to be either a ballerina or an artist. Okay. So if we go like, I'm not, I don't have the physique to be a ballerina. And I didn't, I took very little dance training when I was a child, but what that tells me is I'm a creative person. I like to express myself and that is true to me. Right. And so the nice thing about me getting on the path in marketing is that I did get paid to be creative. Now I had to be creative in a way that helped businesses make money, but at least I got to trade that part of the thing that I like to do to get paid. You so know? give it. A, so it sounds like what you're saying to me is that in what you like to do, what you like to do leads you to what it is that you truly value. What it is that you value <laughs> is what is most important to us. And when you live in a space of authenticity, authenticity, you're living according to your values, what is most important mm-hmm. to you. So what you're, what I'm hearing, and this is something I'm teaching, so I'm, just, I'm a little bit of connecting yeah. the dots here, but what I'm hearing is that what you like will lead you to what it is that you actually value, your values. And then mm-hmm. you just operate within your values, find careers that match your internal values. Because when you said inner yes. work, so can you define for the people what is inner work? What does that mean? Well, I mean, a lot of times when I'm working with someone who's like, I don't know, like I'll ask people, what do you want? So often they'll be like, I don't know. They just say, oh, so woefully, I don't know. And I'm like, I, I believe deep down you do know. Uh, and it's very common for us to use sort of a bit of an inner defense mechanism to protect ourselves from that truth because yeah. we're afraid we might not get it or we're afraid that if we put it out there, somebody's going to say, you can't have that, right? And then it makes mm-hmm. us feel unworthy, right? Like, oh, but I have some exercises, you know, that I'll give people. I have like a workbook that just has them kind of go, you know, like, answer a lot of questions, look back at jobs that they've had about things that they like to do, things they didn't like to do. Uh, A lot of times it helps us like zero in. Do you like working with people? Do you like working with data? Do you like working with things? You know, do you want to stay in one place? Do you want to work by yourself? You want to work with other people, right? And and I, I think that starting with the feelings is a good place to start. Like to and and to allow yourself to sort of even fantasize sometimes, like maybe the thing you want to do is is a long way down the road, right? Maybe you're not going to be able to just tomorrow get that job or move into that industry that you want to do. But if you start to imagine what that goal would be, and if you feel like that lights you up, like you feel excited about mm. it, that can be your dream, is right? That so? And it's, It's really important also that if you, if that finally comes out of you, you finally say the thing you want, let it live. Okay. So many times out of, you know, self-protective habit, we'll say, well, this is what I want, but here's all the reasons why I can't have it. I'm too old. I don't have the education. They never hire somebody like me. And I'm like, no, whoa, let's stop. Let your dream live. Okay. Maybe you're going to get it in 10 or 15 years, right? Maybe, but separately, let's put that roadmap together of the steps that you would need to take between where you are and where you'd like to go. And Mm. 
Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know, <laughs> I know you flow with it. I know you flow with it. Hold yes. on a second. Oh I my gosh, you to, yes. You'll cut off some of my questions here. So I, the statement, I saw the statement, if you're not satisfied with your career, you may be playing by the wrong rules. So mm-hmm. for all those unsatisfied folk out there who would read this and say, well, what rules to play by? I didn't know there was another set of rules. So can you elaborate yeah. on what exactly, what rules can you explain on that? Like what rules well, are I mean, people not, not tapping into one of, one of the misperceptions that I had when I, I mean, I was a good student in school. And so I just thought, okay, well, you know, I'll just do what I did when I was in school, which I put my head down, kept my nose clean, was quiet, raised my hand, you know, just waited for work to be assigned to me. That's what you do in school, right? That's how you're successful in school. That's not necessarily how you're successful in the workplace. Being in the, the workplace, uh, you know, I, I say to people, Uh, you know, if you're in a for-profit business, there's really only three ways to add value in a for-profit business. And that is that you're helping them make money, you're helping them save money, or you're helping them reduce risk. And now granted, not everybody is in compliance or regular, you know, looking at the regulatory issues to reduce risk. Not everybody's in sales, not everybody's in accounting to help, you know, reduce the costs. But whatever you're doing, recognize that you need to be connecting what you do to one of these, one or more of these things. And when you start to zoom out and understand the reason why you're there, and let me just say, first of all, you are not there to clock in and clock out. You are not there to warm up that seat that you're in for eight hours a day or more. Okay. That's not your job. Your job's not to make the widgets. Your job is to add value for that business. And the more that you understand that, you know, the more you're going to zoom out and be able to see the dynamics and maybe see some of the moves that you can make in the quote unquote game of work. Wait, wait, you know, I, 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 wait a second. Let me get you to digress for just a second. Here. <laughs> so you said earlier on, you were saying we were uh, taught to like you were talking about school and I think it was you mm-hmm. were saying we were taught yeah. to just listen. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? training or indoctrination what, what, what yeah, you know well, i don't want to just breeze over it it's a big yeah, thing it's a big you know, thing you know it's limiting thing. beliefs here you know it, it, it yes it's it's limiting beliefs and you know unfortunately i mean i obviously you know our educational system is what it is right i mean it's how our society has has uh, you know agreed to to you know to socialize children right they've got lots of kids in the classroom they need to maintain order and unfortunately, that's not necessarily good for everybody, you know, and Is even for so? the people that can adapt to it, they they learn things that don't necessarily serve them well when they get out of school. Because, mm. you know, for example, you know, when you're in a classroom and you're taking a test or, you know, writing a paper or doing whatever you need to do, the teacher has an answer key, right? So you've done the test and he or she is is comparing your answers to the answer key. And then depending on what, you know, if you get them all right, according to the answer key, you get an A. And life is not like that, okay? Mm. There is no answer key. There is no perfect path forward. And we can get in this mindset of like, oh, well, I was an A student. And so I need to study and figure out what's the perfect path forward. And, there's not a perfect path forward. Mm. Okay. Mm. We need to be aware of what's going on around us. We need to keep certain things in mind, like what I was saying earlier about, you know, 
how do I help to add value within this organization? How do I keep my eyes open for opportunity? How do I learn how to build relationships here so that I can influence or that I can share the things that I see? You know, and even if you're not a leader in terms of like you're not a manager, you don't have people reporting to you, you can still be a leader within an organization. I mean, right, I say right, that. Hold, people- wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, what I'm hearing again is that the schooling teaches us to obey rules. Yes. And what you said is that there's no rules when it comes down to what? Finding a career and being happy? Well, I'd say, yeah. I mean, I think that that, that's the case because there's, you know, when we're living, right, you know, making a living, let's say, we need a certain amount of money to pay the bills, right? And we can get it in our head that there's only a certain number of ways to do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, my dad works at the auto plant, so I'm going to get a job at the auto plant, right? My, my mom works for the post office, I'm going to get a job at the post office, right? Like, and, and that that's the only path. But there's actually a lot of, I mean, there's there's endless opportunities to be able to make money to do to pay your bills. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of times we just limit ourselves to thinking this is the only this is the only way to do it. And, you know, ooh, within ooh, business. Ooh. Ooh, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I'm going to pause you because I because I, I got there yes. are some some questions I got to get get through. So when you say limit themselves. So if they're looking at the same classified ads as, as everybody yeah. else, you know, because mm-hmm. this is again, I, I got to play devil's advocate a little bit here because yeah, I know what the people are thinking. Right. And so people right. are looking at the same classified ads as everybody else. And then people mm-hmm. I know people will graduate, get a bachelor's degree, get a master's mm-hmm. degree, you know, maybe mm-hmm. even a doctorate and can't even find a place of employment. Yeah. So what you know, you said there's no rules there. But at the same time, you said that maybe they're playing a rules game. So, yeah, yeah, help yeah. Me out well, I me mean, out all I'm saying is that the rules that we learned in school or even in our families, we think that that's what's going to help us be successful in the workplace. You know, for a lot of people, they want to take the rules of school and apply them directly to the workplace. So, for example, mm. I've seen it a lot where, you know, okay, we're in school and you finish 10th grade. If you, you know, get good enough grades, you're going to you're going to be promoted to 11th grade. And a lot of people, when they go into the workplace, they're like, well, I've been here for a year. I've been here for two years. Like, don't I deserve a raise or don't I deserve a promotion? And maybe they haven't really done anything to earn that. So, I mean, this is this is one of the things that's different about school, right? It's not about just being there and doing sort of the minimum amount that's required. Well, you know, there's- all right. So what do you say? <laughs> Again, I got to jump in here and get these questions. Out. Yeah. What do you say to those that feel, you know, like, OK, look, that's for me. That's I heard what you said. Maybe you didn't do enough to deserve it. But, you mm-hmm. know, when we talk about, you know, deserving this, especially when we got mm-hmm. you know, implicit biases, institutional oh, yeah, bigotry and stuff like yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, there's a whole lot. There's a lot of barriers. There's plenty of barriers there yes. for for individuals mm-hmm. via whatever, whatever hive yeah. we want to divide ourselves. So right. for those that have been working, you know, I grew up I grew up hearing and, and also believing that as a black man, I'm going to have to work two times as hard just to get half as far. So, you know, even with these structural barriers in place, what rules am I to go by? Well, I mean, that's a that's an interesting one. Right. And I am not at all saying that what you you know, what your beliefs were about that aren't true, because 
certainly in some situations, it probably was very true, right? If you were working for people that, you know, had bias and prejudice and, and were racist and, you know, just off the bat, were saying, you know, based on the color of your skin or whatever, that you didn't deserve as much as somebody else, that very well could be true, right? And what I was saying earlier is that, I mean, I see this- Can I answer that real work. quick? Oh yeah, sure. Can I answer that real quick? Just real quick. Yeah. Let me just say yeah. that, and that's the form of, of, of racism that a lot of people look for, but implicit bias is really hidden. And so you really can't see it. And so it's really looks yeah. like a cronyism as well as nepotism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, so absolutely. You know, that's, Listen, I'm a woman that worked in financial services, which is highly male dominated. There you go. You know, you I was go. often the only woman in, you know, conference rooms with a room full of men. And you yeah. know, they didn't hear me in the same way that they heard their bros. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. And it, exactly. it was frustrating because I felt like I was just as smart. And, you know, I, I had to figure out, like, how am I going to have the impact here? Um, I do? also, well, I mean, I, I tried to maintain a positive attitude. I tried to, you know, adapt what I was doing. I, uh, you know, in some ways, I think that when you have to you know, adapt in those situations. I honestly feel like I probably developed stronger strengths than a lot of other people who could just walk in and because they were, you know, a white guy who was six foot two and played football in college that, you know, they were like, oh, hey, you know, slapping backs and, you are you know, saying I'm walking that in. I'm sorry, <laughs> I got to jump in and say, so it, yeah. are you saying that your pain had a purpose? When you look back at it, you see that your pain had a, had a purpose. Yeah, you, I mean, you may not have understood it back then, well, but it I mean, was developing listen, strengths. I, in you I understood that it. Serve you now. Okay, cool. I I'm understood sorry. it, but I just refused to believe. I knew that I was smart and I was capable, yeah, and yeah. I was not going to fall victim to saying, "Yeah." I mean, listen, I was frustrated. I was totally frustrated, but I wasn't going to, you know, say, you know, poor me. I was going to say, "What do I need to do?" to influence these people, to hear my ideas, to get them to say yes to the things that I want to do within this organization. Now, I will say, though, and I, I work a lot of times with people who, you know, they'll come and they have a lot of complaints about their organization. And, you know, I, that's legitimate, right? Like we feel pain, we want to vent and, and complain about it. And I totally understand that. And I've certainly done plenty of that myself. But you know, once we kind of get done venting, we get that out. Uh -huh. And then we got to flip the table and say, okay, we've talked a lot about what you don't want. We've talked a lot about what is painful to you. Let's flip it and say, what do you want your situation to look like? Right? Because that is getting clarity on the goal of where you're going. It's not looking over your back and saying, I'm running away from that back there. That's painful. It's flipping it and saying, I know I don't want that anymore. What is it that I do want? Right? And it oh. could be that you want so it, it at the place you're at, you know, you can change things at the place you're at to get a different outcome. And sometimes we don't know until we try. So, so in that situation with you, because I like using personal examples mm -hmm. because people, it helps people make, you know, it makes it more practical for people. Yeah. So in that situation, that hostile environment, uh, male dominated environment you were in, mm -hmm. how did you make that work for you? Did you make it work or did you leave? I, I ultimately left, but you know, the last company that I was at, I was I was there for 12 years, but you know, I worked in banking for 21 years and there was I mean, in the marketing department there might have been, you know, sometimes more women in the room than men, but if when I was meeting with the line of business people, 
always way more men than women. Okay. You know, sometimes it might've been only me. It might've been me and a, one or two other women in a you know room full of men. And it was just part of the challenge that I just had to accept. Like, and listen, I will tell you, that's where the money is. Okay. <laughs> Where there's a bunch of white guys, that's where the money is. I wanted to be there, Whoa, right? I, <laughs> that's you know, actual I, factuals right there. That's actual uh, factuals. Right. I mean, I, I, I put up with, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't, a lot of the stuff was sort of under the radar, right? And Implicit. I think in many cases, yes. In many cases, you know, the people that were not listening were, you know, not valuing me as much as somebody else in the room, they probably didn't even recognize it. Honestly, I think that many times it was out of habit that they were treating me how they treated me. And, you know, it was my choice to say, I'm going to maintain what I believe to be my rightful place here. I'm not going to buckle down to somebody else's expectation or somebody trying to put me down or not want to listen to me. Right. It's honestly, sometimes it was a bit of a balancing act, you know, because when you're uh, lower in the organization and you're trying to speak truth to power, you got to do it carefully. Right. Mm. Because, uh, you know, somebody's got power and they decide that they don't like how you said it or what you said, they may banish you or decide that I don't want her on my business anymore or something like that. Mm. But, you know, I, I got to be what, pretty nimble. <laughs> what do you do with that, though? What, what do you do with that when you know that you got to balance things, you got to move mm-hmm. carefully? Because a lot of people yeah. are in this situation, especially yeah. especially folk that, that you know, who family's last name won't get them into jobs. And so how do you how do you balance that when you know that mm-hmm. you speak in truth to power? You could end yeah. up losing your job as a result and you have a yeah. family to feed like and you can't yeah. miss any checks. So how do you because right. I know you left. I don't know what the process was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were like off oh, for some months. I don't know if you had like a nest egg or whatever. But for somebody yeah. who doesn't have a nest egg in a family. Yeah. How do they how do they become audacious when they're thinking about these mouths they have to feed? Well, I mean, I I think that I mean, it's a really great question. And I think that it's always important to understand the situation that you're in. I always say to people, play a good game of offense, meaning like go out and do a great job, but play a good game of defense too, which means make sure you know what's going on around you. Right. Mm -hmm. And that might be build strong relationships within the organization, have people that have your back, you know, know if people are talking crap about you within the organization and go and correct it, nip it in the bud. I mean, that would happen to me a lot in marketing because, you know, marketing works with a lot of people in the organization and, you know, we have to make decisions about how we're going to be talking about the company in the marketplace. And some people didn't agree with it. It's a funny thing about marketing that a lot of people, I think because they consume a lot of marketing, they're watching a lot of TV, watching advertising, seeing pop-ups, magazines, everything, right? They're like, they think they're an expert on marketing because they consume a lot of marketing. And so everybody has an opinion about it. And, you know, sometimes people would complain because they didn't like the decisions that I was making as a head of marketing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, like you, you hear that uh, old saying that a rumor can make it around the world before the truth gets out of bed. 
if if I heard somebody talking about something that wasn't true or they were misconstruing something and they were talking to other people about it, I would go directly to them and say, listen, you know, I heard that you were talking, you know, that you're not happy with this or that you were talking about this. Let me explain to you what's really going on here. You know, I want to hear you out. Like, what's your issue? Because I want to understand it so that I can give you true information. Because mm-hmm. sometimes what can happen is that, you know, people can build alliances against you. And then the next thing you know, it doesn't matter what the truth is. All it matters mm-hmm. is what people believe about you or whether they think you're doing a good job or not. And so that's why I say, you know, do a good job, but make sure that you understand what other people think of you, you know, how you're perceived, whether whether somebody's got it out for you and, you know, try to maneuver based on that so that you always have yourself in a good spot within the organization. Let, let me let me say that. Let me say this. If I didn't know any better. I would think that you are given a training book on how to survive incarceration. <laughs> Well, I hate to say it, but, you know, sometimes working for a big company feels like that. Sometimes you feel like, you know, you're you're trapped. Right. Like that's where you have to go every day to get your money to pay the bills. Right. And this is and this is the point. This is the point that I want to make. Understanding people, you know, I I bring people on that that have same uh, energetic uh, frequency, you know, like similar Mm -hmm. uh, energetic frequencies. And so I love the explanations that y'all do, because where I come in is I'm very good at identifying spiritual code. And mm-hmm. so what you're saying, it, it it reminds me of a quote. And so I'm going to tell this to the people real quick. Just, and for those of you who didn't hear me say it before, small minds discuss people, average minds, events, and great minds, ideas. If you have to stop every single time a small minded person had, if I had to stop every single time a small minded person had something to say about me and deal with that, I would never be able to accomplish any of my ideas. So I'm going to tell you, let them small minded people do what they do, which is hate. Because if you stop Mm -hmm. looking at the hate, what you'll see is that they they have just they have the same amount of people on the other side that actually love and support you. Mm -hmm. You got to lean into your support. You got to lean into your into your into your people, your tribe. And also, if a if a job is not affirming. All right. I'm not going I'm not going to encourage anybody to push through a non-affirming environment because I know how much damage that can do to 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 the psyche. And thankfully, more jobs are becoming more aware. They invite more mental health awareness officials on there, mental health clinicians, life coaches and whatnot. And so more businesses are becoming aware, but they're becoming aware way too damn slow, if you ask me. And so what I'm going to tell you in the meantime. (laughs) Exactly. And so what I'm going to tell you in the meantime is understand that, yes, it's going to take some courage. But if you're not in a non if you're in a non-affirming place, even though you got these mouths to feed, I'm going to tell you this. And it's, I know I'm not you, so I can't speak for you. Even though you got these mouths to feed, even though it may be scary, even though you don't know how you're going to make it to the next check, that's where faith comes in. Because faith is not belief in what you do see, which is nothing but red uh, dead ends in the Red Sea. Faith is not belief in what you do see, but acceptance of the unseen. You got to accept they got something greater for you based off of what you actually love to do. And you got to lean into that. And you got to move into that truth and live in that truth. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter if a thousand people come against you. If you're living in your truth, if you're living in your truth, they can't touch you. Okay. I just had to give that to the people real quick, you know. I Um, absolutely love it. I I feel like everything that we talked about, we can go in so many different directions with it. Oh, you know, and and I <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I'm not, I don't mean to cut you off, but you had a question. There was a question. There was something that you brought up that I want to bring up in a little while, but okay. you continue. No, go worry. ahead. Bring it up now. Oh, okay. So backstage, we were talking about this and I had to bring this on. So uh, I already know the answer to this, y'all, because we talked about it, but I found it interesting because I have a feeling that there'll be a lot of high achievers watching my show, you know, and uh, 
my crew is is usually the younger crowd, right? You know, mm-hmm. which I'm grateful for. You know, the the they gonna be leading the future. They are yeah. the future. You know, they are the now. They are the present too. You know, but there's a lot of high achievers, and I'm a high achiever too. And so, please break bread on the connection. Is there a connection between high achievers, those who are perfectionists, who are trying to get straight A's, or trying to do the best at their job, don't want to disappoint any, anybody? Is there a connection between high achievers and validation seeking? Yes, absolutely. When I was writing my book, I came across some research that purported that uh, the, the person that did the research had a hypothesis that high achievers are addicted to external validation. And I was like, whoa, that blew my mind. Because first of all, I was like, I guess I always knew this on a certain level because I'm a high achiever. But when I read it, I was like, holy cow. I, it just, it answered so many questions for me, right? That I cared so much about what other people thought when I was doing stuff. I wanted somebody to look at me and be like, oh, good job. You know, you're doing great, right? And I realized, well, of course, because, you know, I had gone through 17 years, you know, 13 years of, you know, elementary, middle school and high school, and then four years of college where, you know, I had to worry about what does this teacher think, right? Mm, you know, my, I'm going to so? be validated if I get an A and if I get a C or a D or an F, I'm going to be invalidated. Come on, I preach it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, listen, this is all part of becoming socialized, right? When we're children, you know, our parents are making us do things and they're, you know, hugging us and giving us rewards when we're doing the things that they want us to do. And we're getting disciplined when we're not doing the things they want us Mm. to do. Right. And that's, that's part of, you know, human survival is aligning ourselves with people that will care for us when we can't care for ourselves. Right. So that's part of being socialized. But when we become adults, a lot of times we're still, you know, and it's because it's sort of like in our operating system from all of the years where we got to where we are and we're successful because we cared about what other people thought and we were Mm -hmm. paying attention. What are their expectations? How can I meet those or exceed their expectations? So I get more and more rewards, Mm -hmm. but at some point, and especially when we get to, you know, be parents or, or become leaders in our organization or we want to become leaders, we need to start checking in with our own inner wisdom. And we need to have some balance between, you know, we can be aware of what expectations are, but I want to point out that we are always at choice, always. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sometimes I've had people say to me, like, they'll come to work with me and they'll say, I hate my job. I can't stand it. I'm, you know, my health is horrible. I'm so miserable, but I can't quit it. And I'm like, let me just say to you that you absolutely can quit your job if you want to, right? Like, don't tell me that you have no choice. You always have choice. Now, I'm not going to say you don't, you're not going to have to pay the consequences if you decide that you're going to quit your job. You won't get paid. You're, you're, what you're saying is that you're not saying that the choice will not be also a challenge. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, challenge you know, choices. Of, yeah. And one of the things that I have seen with people is that sometimes just recognizing that they have a choice is enough to help them tolerate the BS that they're dealing with. Because they maybe even in their, you know, might like fantasize go in and when they're dealing with their bad boss or something, they can say, I could quit today if I wanted to. 
Mm. Right. It just feels good. Right. And then they, they, they're able to get that little bit of energy to be like, okay, I can make it through this day and maybe get that little bit of energy to like get creative about like, what can I do if I don't like this situation I'm in? What could I do besides just sit here and say, I have no choice. Because so that, oh, yeah, that's a victimhood. You know, that really is like being in a victim mentality and we all do it. You know, we all do it, but it's just, do you stay there or do you recognize it and say, what else could I do besides mm-hmm. just sit here and take it? Okay, so so many things that you said. <laughs> First, let me ask this. So I hear the word victimhood a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm always cautious when I whenever I, I you know I I don't say victimhood, but mm-hmm. I I'm always cautious whenever I hear the word because I know mm-hmm. that that's historically been used to describe what what, what get used against black folk in particular mm-hmm. whenever we say racism mm-hmm. exists, you know. Yeah. Oh, did it go crying victims again? You know, my yeah. uncle just got lynched. Oh, did it go crying victim again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like seriously, you yeah. got to, to keep Listen, crying. So, I mean, what's the opposite it, of victimhood? That's that's what well, I'm I mean, What's the opposite of victimhood? The opposite of victimhood is recognizing opportunity, recognizing choice. You know, stepping into thinking about what can I do here, right? Mm-hmm. Because now, listen, I I'm not. I I used victimhood, and you know, really, it's about avoidance of risk. Okay, that's that's what. You know, maybe that's how I should have described it. Oh, no, I don't take any offense to it. I don't take any offense to it. But it's a little bit more factual, right? Like we all do it. It's the lowest level of energy, but it's also a level of energy that is required for our survival. You know, like back in the caveman times, if there was a saber tooth tiger chasing you, you were going to try to like go into a cave and avoid it to hide from it, right? I mean, that's the safest thing Mm -hmm. to do. And then if, you're not able to avoid it and then you're going to fight, right? So that's yes. the fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. But it takes a heck of a lot of energy to avoid and it also takes a lot of energy to fight. And sometimes we don't have a choice, but sometimes we'll be in that fight or flight mentality when we actually could elevate ourselves to say, you know, how can I tolerate this? How can I, you know, care for other people? How can I find the silver lining? How can I get together with other people that, you know, share my point of view to, to make some changes here. You know, how can I, you know, rise to that level to see this is what it is, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe the thing that's hurting me is my own view of this. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's rising up to, you know, almost like a Zen. I mean, that's kind of the highest level where, you know, every, I mean, this, this is getting a little bit woo-woo, but where mm-hmm. every experience oh. just is. It just is right. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us as humans not to have judgment about things that happen. But when we can step back and say, well, that is what it is. And what do I want to do about it? Right. But go. a lot of times we, we have this like, you know, baggage or burden that we, you know, we feel so keenly that feeling of victimhood. Right. And I, I am not, I mean, I have a tremendous amount of empathy. You know, I, I totally understand it. I mean, I've gone through a lot of that myself where I, you know, be like, why me? And, you know, this isn't fair and all of that, but that does nothing to change the situation. Right. And at some point, if we can say to ourselves, I can tolerate this. And in fact, I can rise to the level to look at it and see it for what it is. And very often it's extremely ugly. Okay. Mm -hmm. But to say I'm bigger than this, you know, my Mm -hmm. spirit is infinite. 
if I can look at this situation and step back from it and say, what can I do here? Right. And then we, we, we kind of seize our own energy. We, we, we grab that energy and we can use it for something that is not just, you know, avoiding or tolerating or fighting. So let me say this, uh, despite us being the safest we've ever been in human history, we're also the most anxious people we've ever been in, his, in, in human history. Anxiety, yeah. again, is the bodily experience of fear. And so we're full of fear. Yeah. And so what my yeah. sister's saying over here is that rid yourself, like you can have your fears, but you still have to choose to be courageous because your fears will send you hiding in the closet. Yeah. But life will bring you pain no matter which way it goes. Yeah. But you don't have to suffer as much as you do. We suffer when we choose to hide ourselves. Now, you yes. may experience pain, but again, understand this too, that pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. That is the bitter potion by which the doctor within heals your sick self. So drink the potion and peace and tranquility. And so understand that even your pain has come there to teach you and leaning into that discomfort and metabolizing that pain and using that fire that's out of control, taming that bad boy and then pointing it in the direction that you mm. that you wanted to go into. Yes, fire uncontrolled Absolutely. will burn everything around it. Eventually it will put itself out when it runs out of things to destroy. But if you can control that fire, you will you will be able to wield one of the most powerful forces on this planet, which is your authentic self, living in your truth. So it don't matter what other people have to say. It doesn't matter whether you're a man, woman, black, white, alien, I don't care who you are. You know, as long as you're living in your truth, you're moving in your authority in this fear, like uh, my sister was saying, you can't pay attention to the fear because the fear or not pay attention, but don't respond in fear because freedom exists on the other side of our fears. We know that again, sailboats are safest at Harbor, but they were never built to remain docked. She was talking about the teaching. I'm just summarizing a little bit, you know, because mm -hmm. you hit on so many points. I wanted to yeah. hold on to the end to start, you know, yes. putting some of these truths that I see. The sister was talking about the way that she grew up. And again, she went through her own personal story, elementary, high school, you know, college. And you're taught to, to go to abide by these grades. Those of y'all who actually follow me, if this is not the first time you're following me, y'all know. How many times have I said that we go through kindergarten and then first grade and then we go all the way through grade school and then we have a uh, go through 12th grade. And if we successfully pass based off of following the rules and the structure and passing all the exams of all these grades, if we finally get the approval of the teacher and the institution, then we have what is called the graduation. And the very word graduation can be seen as a combination of the words gradual indoctrination. You've been gradually indoctrinated to American way of thinking. But what have you been gradually indoctrinated to? If it's based off of a factory working system, then you've been indoctrinated into a system that taught you how to be a factory worker. And what my dear sister and I, what I also say is that you weren't born to be a factory worker. You weren't born to be a Ken and Barbie doll. You were born to be unique and authentic and that requires courage and you leaning into your discomfort. That's why my personal mission statement is to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. Understand, I'm not de uh, developing your authenticity. I'm developing your audacity, your boldness. You giving yourself permission to be your true authentic self because that's only that's the only place where your power lies. Living in your truth, staying lit for life. All right, I'm going to stop. Oh my gosh, well, I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, there's so many things that you said, like one of the things that uh, there's a book that I read years ago that had a lot of meaning for me, and it really opened up my mind. And it's called courage is a three letter word. And mm. the three letter word is yes. And mm. I found that book really inspirational. I read it back in the 80s, I think maybe somebody gave it to me for college gradual, gradual indoctrination. <laughs> mm. But uh Courage is not about being brave. It is not about mm. being fearless. Courage mm. is about taking action in the face of fear. And mm. when I understood that, I realized that it's okay that I feel scared. Mm. 
but it's not okay for me to. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Go, go, can you repeat this, that one sentence one more time and then pause from the system? Yes. Courage is not about being fearless. Courage is about taking action in the face of fear. And you said it's okay. It is okay to be scared. It's human to be afraid. We're doing things we haven't done before. Okay. You know, but so often, yes, of course, of course. But so often what we do is, you know, we've got to go across this bumpy road, but instead we like pace back and forth. And we, we say to ourselves like, oh, it's going to be bumpy. You know, I don't want to do, you know, I'm, I'm scared to do it. It's going to be bumpy or whatever. You know what? When you get to the other side, it's going to be fine. Right. Just say to yourself, like, I want to get to the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. There is going to be this transition period where I'm going to feel awkward and I'm not going to know what I'm doing and I'm Mm -hmm. going to feel a little helpless. But you will figure it out step by step by step and you will learn. Because because everything we're doing is we're doing poorly. Please continue, sister. Yeah. So, you know. I stop your flow. I stop your flow. But it's I okay. I mean, you can you, know? you can wind me up and I'll go in any direction. Because <laughs> I mean, all of this is like so, it is so inspiring to me. And, you know, you were earlier, you're talking about the audacity. You know, one of the things that I see so often with people that I'm working with is that they're so fearful. They're like, well, if I do this, my boss is going to yell at me or, you know, my boss thinks mm-hmm. this about me and I'm afraid to do this. And I'm like, well, so what? You know, like whether you do or you don't, your boss is going to think that. So why don't you just step into that space where you can be who you are and show Ooh. up authentically, you know, because when we step into who we actually are, it feels awesome. We don't need to fake it. We do not need to use energy to be like hypervigilant, to be like, what, how do I need to show up? What mask do I need to put on here? Right. We, if we show up and we're just like, look, this is me, right? There's a lot of energy that can be redirected to just doing other things rather than, you. you know, holding the armor up, holding that mask in place, trying to be perfect. There's no, th- there's no such thing, by the way. <laughs> Look, the quest, uh, as a matter of fact, when we talk about radical acceptance, that's, that's one of the illusions in there. This, this quest for perfection represents our desire to belong. And so we feel like mm-hmm, in, in our quest to be perfection, that we must change who we are in order to belong because who mm-hmm. we are is not enough. Even that in yeah. of itself, the connection between validation seeking and high achievers, and I'm sorry, I should stop that a long time ago, but the connection between validation seeking and high achievers, we think that we're not enough, you know? And so right. we must break this illusion, this trance of unworthiness that all human yes. beings fall into. That's that's what yeah. my that's what my sister is uh is is alluding to. We have to break that yeah. that that trance and to wake up from that dream, wake yeah. up from that matrix that has you thinking that you are yeah. powerless when you are all powerful. You just have to tap into what it is that that you love to do and you can do naturally the thing that comes easily to you. And so I'm gonna tell you this: if the thing that comes easily to you is even being a boat rocker, then I am telling you to rock that damn boat. That's right. what you were born to do. If the thing that comes to you is being a circus clown, then please, please, please be that circus clown because we need yeah. you. We need some laughs now. We need some entertainment now. You know, whatever it is that 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 just screams at you, feels like it's just crawling, it's just trying to scratch out of your chest. Please let me out. Let me out. Stop letting this fear hold me back. Free yeah. me from the prison of your fears. Let me out. That thing, let yeah. it out. Let it out. 
Whatever it is, yeah. I know it's scary. It's going to be scary. It's going to be scary the whole time. I'm scared right now that I'm talking to y'all. You understand what I'm saying? But again, courage. Like my sister said, it's not bravery. Bravery is the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to move forward in spite of being afraid. Yes. You can have your fears, but that doesn't mean that you can't still move forward in spite of being afraid. That's what courage is. That is the definition of courage. Yeah, sister. absolutely. You know, there, there's uh, one thing that I was reminded of when you were talking about that is that, you know, so often, you know, when we're trying to be perfect, we're trying to put a mask on and hold a mask on that we think is going to be acceptable or pleasing mm -hmm. to other people, right? But it takes a lot of effort to do that. And very often, honestly, too, people know that we're being fake and mm -hmm. they don't like it. And so they may reject us because they notice that. But for some people, they may say, oh, well, look how perfect she looks or like, look at, you know, they like us for the mask, right? And that's very, I think that's actually more frightening than showing up as your as yourself, because if you're wearing a mask and people are reinforcing, you know, they're, they're validating you for, for wearing that mask. I think that it makes, it makes it even scarier to show up as you are. But, yeah. Because you know, you're confirming, you're, you're confirming that you're not enough. You're not, worthy. The mask. you're not because worthy. The only That's we, right. Yeah, the only reason we hide in the first place is because who we were, who we, who uh, our authentic selves earlier on, usually during childhood was rejected. Mm -hmm. And right. so when we put on this mask and we get praise for the mask, that then uh, validates this false belief that we must right. wear a mask in order to operate in life for our own That's right. survival. But there's a difference again between merely existing and experiencing life. Living authentically mm -hmm. means you move mm -hmm. from responding to your fears and choose love. You choose love. You choose yeah. you. You say yes to you. It means yeah. moving from this space of only responding to what you don't want and then moving to an affirming environment where you choose not. Oh, my good. Oh, 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 my God. You know, I just can't do it because of this, this, this and this. No, this is what I can do. And so this is what I choose to do. When you mm -hmm. say I am this and then I choose to do that, you are you are honing in on on that cosmic power that all of mm -hmm. us carry. You mm -hmm. see the. The mind is a it, it's it's amazing in that it can convince itself of anything because we needed that we we needed the, the you alluded to that earlier you were talking mm -hmm. about the uh, deceiving you know how we needed deception for survival well if we could deceive our enemies we could deceive ourselves and the worst lie yeah. we could tell is a lie to ourselves so what yes. I'm telling us is stop lying to yourself look in the mirror look in the mirror and just for five minutes yeah. try to write down every good thing that you see about yourself in the mirror. And I say yeah. try because most people don't make it past one minute. That yeah. right there yeah. shows that we are locked in this trance of unworthiness. And so accept yourselves. You are not unworthy. You are not less than anybody else. and You are no. not greater than anybody else. You know, we're all worthy. We are all innately go. worthy, innately. We don't mm. have to do anything. We came here worthy. You know, this mm -hmm. is one of the things that I, uh, there's like sort of a, you know, analogy or, or picture that I like to paint for my clients sometimes. And that is, you know, they'll like, just picture, picture this, that, you know, you're like in this, you know, bridal shop. Okay. I know, I know I'm, I'm talking to a man here, but no, it, could be, it could be, uh, it could be also a, you know, tailor, right. But you know, those mm -hmm. like platforms that like the brides will stand on when they're trying, just imagine that there's a mannequin there and it's wearing this just beautiful robe, you know, just resplendent, you know, like bejeweled. It's just so beautiful. And we're standing, you know, off of the platform, looking at it and saying, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could try that on. Oh my gosh. Like, it's just so beautiful. I wish I could try it on. 
I, I like people to realize like that is your birthright to step up there and put on that robe. That is you. That is yours, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so often my we stand though? back and we wait for people to say like, oh, you're good enough. You're good enough to do that. You know, okay, I will give you permission to do this. I honestly don't believe that anybody has the right to judge us. And, you know, unfortunately, it hurts us tremendously that so many people do judge. But I also believe that a lot of times people judge us because if we step up to try to be who we actually are, it triggers them because they're not being who they are. Right. And so they they feel like well, who is she to step up and think mm. she's all that in a bag of chips, right? Mm. Like, you know, I feel unworthy. She should be unworthy mm. with me. You know, let's sit back here and complain about how everything's so unfair. No, step up. Step up onto that platform. Take that robe off and put it on and stand there and recognize this is your birthright. You deserve to be wonderful, beautiful, loved, you know, now, now not everybody's going to love, you know, like when we take the mask off, some people are going to be like, oh my gosh, like put the mask back on. <laughs> but mm-hmm. many people are going to be like, finally, finally, I can see you. And that is worth it. That is worth it. Okay. Like when people connect with you genuinely and they know who you are, you don't care that some people are like, you know, hmm, who she thinks she is. Right. Like you don't care anymore. There is there is no connection unless it's authentic. Everything else is a right. facade. Uh, facade. It's, a, right. it's a it's a it's a right. connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just I'm just yeah. a man and yeah, I'm with you. So, yeah, y- you know, you, you said back up a few sentences. You said repeat what you said a few sentences ago prior to what I just commented on, because there was something I wanted to say to that. Which about the stepping up and putting on that robe that's your birthright? Yes. Yes. Else? Yeah, yes, it was yeah. In, that, I mean, in that space you were talking about that. Yeah, I and, mean, so often we feel like held back from that. We're waiting for somebody to come and give us permission to step mm-hmm. into that. And I'm like, baby, that is yours. Step up yes. there and freaking put it on. Okay, yes. that's you. You you were, you know, you're a child of God. You came here. You know, you have a connection to the divine. You know, mm-hmm. and so often we're like blocking it because we're afraid. We're afraid of like. You know, there, there's a, I, I never get quotes exactly right, but there's a quote by Marianne Williamson that is, it's something along the lines of, you know, we're not afraid of the darkness, we're afraid of the light. You know, yeah, we're afraid of the power that is in us. It's mm-hmm. frightening, honestly, sometimes to think about like opening the floodgates and letting it go. I mean, you know, I think that uh, so often we're just afraid we're going to be swept away. And then she also says it's, it's called a return to love. And she also says that mm-hmm. as we are liberated from our fears, our very presence automatically gives others permission yes. to do the same. And so Absolutely. it's about giving yourself permission to be lit up. Any, you know, it ain't about what other people think. It ain't about what the people yeah. who hate you think. And I'm, I'm going yeah. as far as to say it ain't about who love you. It ain't about what they think either. It's about right. what you think about you. It ain't about who loves That's you right. on the outside. It's about who loves you on the inside. And the only person mm-hmm. that can love you on the inside is you. Do you yeah. validate you? Do you love you? 
You know, do you see the beauty in you? It's not about them seeing the beauty in you. It's about you seeing the beauty in you. And when you see the beauty in you, guess what? You're going to give yourself permission to shine. And when you give yourself permission to shine, like my sister was was, uh, describing, that's when you allow yourself to be seen. You can be seen by your true tribe, those that Mm -hmm. radiate on your frequency. But you got to allow yourself to shine in order to do that. No, not everybody's going to love you. You will have some haters. But again, those who have many haters you got, you're going to have many more. Times that by two, the people that love you, the people that would stand beside you, the people that support you, even Jesus in my own. And I'm going to speak for my faith for, uh, for a second. Even Jesus said only in a prophet's home, only in his hometown does a prophet not have honor. You understand what I'm saying? So I know you're expecting the people in your circle to support you, but more than likely, they're not going to do it. They didn't do Jesus that they, they didn't, they're probably yeah. not going to do it. I know it's going to hurt your feelings, yeah. too, that, yeah, you, yeah, that, yeah. Your, that your family, your friends and all these people that said they were going to be there for you. The yeah. fact that they weren't there for you, you got to move on anyway. Because your path is not tied to what they do. Your path is not tied to anybody else's choices. Your Mm -hmm. path is your path and you walk it by yourself. All right. That's right. And you'll you'll find fellow travelers along the way, too. Yeah. You know, like when you when you move on, you know, it's very common when you change for other people to really pressure you to change back. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're like. I liked you the way you before, before I, I'm comfortable with that. And, you know, mm. when we change a lot of times it causes that dynamic um, uh, that we have with other people to change. And sometimes people feel really uncomfortable with that. And I also think that, you know, you were talking about haters. Mm. Usually the reason why people are haters is because you're triggering something in them. You know, they're starting to feel like fear. They have to do something that they're scared of doing. You're doing something that maybe they're envious of, right? And when you didn't have it, they felt a a kinship to you. But when you say, no, I'm worthy, I'm stepping up and putting that robe on because I deserve it. They're like, whoa, you don't deserve that because I don't deserve that. Can can I say this real quick? Can, can, yeah. can I say this real quick? Yeah. And, and and I'm gonna back up and let me because I don't want people to get lost on 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 uh, external things, right? They're seeking external things and that validating who they are. It ain't about what you have; it's about who you are. It's about the choice that you make. They're not yeah. envious about what you have; they're envious about the choice that you made. Mm-hmm. Because when you choose to be authentic, they know that it required courage, courage that they have not chosen. Yes. They have chosen not to develop within themselves. And so when they see other people do or make the choice that they themselves are too afraid to make, it may come off mm-hmm. as envy. It they may come off as, as as talking behind your back, as hating. Yeah. That's usually yeah. how it comes off. But know that yeah. it is fear and ignore it. They got to yeah. walk their journey. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Ignorance and freedom cannot yes. coexist. And the hardest prison to escape is the prison that we can't see, touch, taste, or smell. The prison that are made of, of our fears. Yeah. All right? So Absolutely. let them stay in a prison of their fears. Don't respond to that delusion. No. You know who the and hell then- you are and you're moving that truth. And, and in fact, I think that sometimes, I mean, much like, you know, Jesus converted, you know, many people who were sinners, right? Like he came along and, you know, maybe sometimes at, at first people were against him, right? But he, he like hung in there, right? And he, he spoke the word to them and they said, oh, I'm going to put down these things. And I'm going to follow him now. And, and we can be that inspiration, not that we're necessarily even trying to be, but just by showing up as ourselves and not being moved by somebody else's disapproval that we're like, hey, I, I'm just going to live my life. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to I'm going to try not to be impacted or hurt by somebody else's judgment of me. But a lot of times I think that sometimes people can look and say, oh, wow, like 
I was afraid because of the thing that she's doing. And they might even tell themselves she's going to fall on her face. She's going to fail, whatever. And when they see that person actually enjoying their life and having success, that it can encourage other people to take some steps outside of their comfort zone to say, well, if she can do it, maybe I can do it too. Right. It might take a while. Right. I mean, anytime people are judging, it's, they're trying to keep themselves safe. Okay. Like that, this is, this is why, right? It, and it, it may scare them to see other people doing things that they're too afraid to do. And so they want to judge them, right? Let, but let me, we just have to say, whatever, I'm going to do me. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm sorry, let me, because I'm looking at the time and I have to, I have another engagement right after this. So <laughs> look, I'm going to give you the floor one more time to, uh, to say whatever you need to say to the people, you know, let them know, you know, what you need to plug in, whatever you need to plug in. I did do your websites down here at the bottom and I, mm-hmm. I was playing for a while, but please let them know. And I'm going to jump back on and just close, you know, just in, just in the episode, mm-hmm. in the session. All right. So okay. I, I definitely, it's been a, it's been a great session, but hold on a second. Let me get on out of here so you can talk to the people. Okay. I, I just want to leave you with one thought, and that is that you are worthy. You were sent to earth with gifts that only you have. And the reason why you're here is to find that path where you can share your gifts with others and, you know, go for it. Okay. You're loved. You've been given these gifts. Don't allow other people's judgment or your fear to stand in the way of you stepping into that authentic self that is yours. Step up and put that beautiful robe on because it's yours. Oh, come. <laughs> That's Miss Terry McDougal, y'all. Miss Terry McDougal. And, and sister, it's been a, definitely a privilege to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And I'm definitely going to have to stay in touch with you. And, and, and if we can collaborate on something future, definitely. We'll, we, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure our paths will cross again. Yeah, Harry, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I feel like we could have gone on for all day. <laughs> yes, we could have. I, you know, I, I was looking at that time. Thank goodness I had something scheduled. We, would have, we definitely would have went on all day. But let me just start talking to people real quick. If you don't mind sitting backstage, I'm going to move you backstage real quick. All right, y'all. Y'all had it. Miss Terry McDougal. This is the conclusion of the Is That So uh, show. I forget what episode this is, but we are moving along, y'all. I told y'all it was going to be hot. So for those of y'all who are looking for some answers as far as careers, because COVID has uprooted everyone. COVID has taken everyone in America by surprise, this pandemic. And so with these changes, understand that survival of the fittest, uh, according to Darwinism, uh, Dar- Darwin, Charles Darwin, it was not based off of who was the smartest, who was the fastest, who was the best looking, who could do what better. It was about who, what species could adapt, adaptability. All right. So understand that there's a, a lot of change, but remember the Chinese symbol for crisis. The Chinese symbol for crisis is the combination of the words danger and opportunity. The combination of the symbols danger and opportunity. Yes, there may be great danger. But in the midst of this danger, there's also great opportunity. And yes, your mind will scare you. It will. It is afraid of all of these changes because it's comfortable. It's comfortable in what's familiar. It's comfortable in what's safe. But again, safety or, or freedom exists on the other side of your fears. Even sailboats are safest at the harbor, but they were never built to remain docked. 
mad love and respect to y'all. This is the conclusion of, of this episode. And I just want to tell y'all, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Please tell a friend, a family member, tell whoever, tell somebody you love, tell somebody you hate, and let people know that I'm out here. Agape and stay lit. Do you tell your time what to do? Or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeanoutlier, becomeanoutlier.com slash about, A-B-O-U-T, to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner.